I got a sweet tooth. But uh, you know what would be really too sweet? What's that? A turnbuckle boogie t-shirt. So much cooler than the Bullet Club shirt. <laughs> That's right. Uh, folks, if you would like to show your love for the show and look too sweet. I said it weird on purpose. Sweet. <laughs> then click on the show notes. You'll find the link to our Brain Buster Tea Store where you can purchase a turnbuckle boogie t-shirt or hoodie. Hey, it's getting cold out there. Or at least it will be, and you don't want to be left out in the cold. Not at all. So check it out. You'll get hyperthermia. What? Yeah. Let's boogie! everyone welcome to turnbuckle boogie i am pro wrestling historian timothy styles and with me is pro wrestler cutthroat cody hancock yes indeed sir how are you this fine wednesday evening <clears throat> i'm uh oh how do i word this i'm uh neither here nor there okay so to speak i mean i just watched uh, aew dynamite and uh i was falling asleep uh, which is never good well, I didn't catch hardly any of it uh, until I came in and was the tail end of the main event between Bandito and Jericho, and that match at least seemed fine to me. They were going pretty hard. Yeah, sure, but you missed the entire rest of the show where I got to say, you know, when Chris Jericho came out with this, uh, I'm Chris Jericho and I'm a sports entertainer, mm -hmm. I thought, oh, well, that's cute. But at a certain point, it's like, all right, have we not run this fucking thing into the ground? Because now it's it's about a fight for Daniel Garcia's soul every week where he's like, hey, he's the best technical sports entertainer of all time. It's like, all right, we get it. Can we move on from this sports entertainment business? I think that it's I'm not overly offended by it because I understand how much of a um dig that was sure uh for fans of the industry i remember when i was a young fan yeah. that would well i just don't understand why they can't call the names of the wrestling moves and then we've talked before about my favorite shoot promo of all time the joey style shoot uh work shoot yeah to build ecw one night stand that was you don't even let me say the names of the moves that are being applied. And you want me to refer to professional wrestlers as superstars. <clears throat> so I think that that negative condemnation has been in people's mouths for a really long time. And yes, it seems like something that didn't need to have as long of legs as it does. Right. But I understand why. Sure, but we're also in an era where Vince McMahon's not in the professional wrestling industry anymore. It hasn't been that long, though. No, it's it, still, it, it still hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. It, I mean, I guess it does, but um, I, I don't know. Not that, it, not that it's going to go away one hundred percent. You know, I'm, I'm sure that Triple H isn't going to completely undo that knot. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be. Hey, you're not allowed to go out there and say this and that. 
it's not going to be as staunch as it was. Uh, so, so it's almost as if Jericho's gimmick of using it as a way to get heat is a little feckless. Yeah. I'm using big words today. Feckless is a good one. Yeah. And staunch. Staunch. <laughs> I wash my rice before I cook it to clear out any excess staunch. Nope. That's not it. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Son of a bitch. I get, I take my clothes to the cleaners and I tell them extra staunch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How are you feeling? I'm feeling I'm feeling very well, actually. We're like I, a week away from a wedding, right? Yes, we're a week away from a wedding, and I'm pretty sure I have to be there for that. Um, it's weird if you don't show. Yeah, I think that that's a <clears throat> a requirement. But and I'll be there, by the way. You know, <clears throat> I'm sure that a lot of people who know they go to the the FMW shows out here. Wait, FSW. A- FMW. FMW would be something else. Yes. Um. FSW shows out here, and they're, they, they're like, I wonder what Timothy Styles looks like. Yeah. Well, if you've been invited to Cutthroat Cody Hancock's wedding, you can find out, because I'll be there. You, you might just have an idea. Yeah, that's right. I'm going Bachelor, too, because my wife is busy. Ah. So I'll be there, trying to pick up chicks. There you go. Yeah, good luck with that. I'm going to wear a luchador mask, so I can't be spotted. It's a wrestling wedding, so there's not very many, many females in the building, and one of them I am marrying, so. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> That's so insulting to wrestling fans. It's oh. a wrestling wedding, so there won't be any females in the building. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Now I re- She's got to have bridesmaids, right? Do you remember? No, there's. we're not doing that, man. What? Like, this is a very untraditional wedding. All right, but someone's mom is going to be there, though, right? Yeah. All right. Party on. Fuck. <laughs> I just don't hit on my mom, dude. I can't. I can't say I will or I won't. I I I was in the same room when the insane clown posse were hitting on my best friend's uh, grandma. Both of them together. Yeah. Yeah. They seem like a couple of granny lovers. Those two. Oh, absolutely. I whoop gotta... whoop. <laughs> Yuck. Coolio's dead. Coolio was a juggler. Is that right? Yeah, he what? died today. I do know that he died today, but I didn't know he was a juggalo. What constitutes a juggalo? Do you have to wear the makeup, or is it some sort of lifestyle that I don't know about? It's it's a lifestyle, and then also you get a hatchet man tattoo. But what was funny about what is Coolio, the Hold on, don't move on. What's the lifestyle? Well, uh, you drink Fago. You live in a trailer. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure Coolio didn't live in a trailer. I mean, you never know. He got a gigantic Hatchet Man tattoo on his arm, and actually the tattoo artist spelt Juggalo wrong. Oh, they Lord. left out a G. And I mean, like, it's a big fucking tattoo. That makes it perfect. Though. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Juggalos can't spell very well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. wonder if that tattoo artist did it on purpose. Coolio, I think... Uh, spilt the beans on it on his uh, interview on Hot Ones that I need to watch. <laughs> oh, I've seen that one. You have? Yes, and I do recall. Oh, I forget who it was. Somebody several episodes later is like, hey, has anyone died from this? And uh, was it Sean Evans? Is that his name? Yes. Uh, he goes, well, we haven't seen Coolio in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Coolio tried to kill himself with hot sauce. Uh-oh. Yeah, because he was like, hey, forget all these weak ones. I only do the hot stuff. And he put hot stuff on the, the number 10 oh, on God. all of the wings. No. And then apparently was passed out and 
the faux green room. Oh, no. Uh, having probably an ulcer. I like hot food. Yes. I don't like food that that's that hot. Yeah, that's evil Knievel food. Yeah, man. I'm not interested. Not necessary. But I fucking love me some hot wings. They're delicious. We, we've, we've discussed your war on chickens. That's right. Even the small ones. Even this, particularly the small ones. Yes. And they're tiny wings. And they're, they're mouth-sized. Hey, you know what I got yesterday hmm. to keep this in the vein of pro wrestling? Because I don't qualify ICP as pro wrestling, even though they own a promotion and they were wrestlers at one point. Whoop, whoop. I just prefer, stop that. <laughs> I just prefer to act like they don't exist. Um, <laughs> I got Brian Gewertz's uh, book. I should say I got a, an audio book because when I, if I start lying and go, I read this thing, I didn't read it. A grown man read it to you me. You read it with your ears. That Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, reading. I got this book. I think it's called, uh, here's the thing about that. I could be getting that wrong. Anyway, for people who don't know, you know. He was one of the writers, wasn't he? He was the writer. Mm-hmm. When uh, Russo left, Russo, uh, when he got hired, he had to have five interviews. He had an interview with Human Resources. He had an interview with Shane. He had an interview with uh, Russo and Ferrara. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Somebody else. And then finally, uh, Linda and Vince McMahon. Bro. <laughs> the final boss. Yeah. And uh, that was enough to to get him a writing job. And then, uh, actually, they made him an offer, and it was not... He was like, nah, I'm good. That offer kind of stinks. And then, uh, within two months, Russo and Ferrara did the, did the up and split to WCW. Yeah. And they called uh, him back and said... Hey, here's a new offer, and we'll fly you, you know, out to, you know, we'll get you an apartment out in Connecticut, and we'll get your car out here and all that shit. He's nice. Like, Bring it on. Pretty sweet deal. And then he was the, uh, not the head writer, but the main guy who was, uh, you know, doing a lot of creative stuff behind the scenes for uh, 15, 16 years, whatever it was. Pretty substantial amount of time. Uh, yeah. And um, I, I got to tell you, you know, you would think, especially you, because he was synonymous. He's sort of known as the Rock's sort of right-hand man, mm-hmm. his idea guy, because he was helping him write a lot of those promos that you hated so much. Um, and he makes arguments for why he thinks some of the things that you don't like about the Rock's promos are good. Uh, but he also points out why people think that they're not good from a wrestler's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I would love to hear this. It's a, I'll say this. It's a fantastic book. And the funny thing was, as I was listening to it, not reading it. And by the way, I went through half of it today. There you go. It's, I think it's like nine hours. I must listen to that at least half. It, it, it occurred to me, uh, <laughs> I was like, it's actually refreshing to hear someone who knows how to write in pro wrestling uh, because, you know, a lot of what we absorb is wrestling, quote unquote, journalists, and they are the shits. Yeah. I mean, and I'll say this on the record, and it's not me trying to be nasty or mean or anything. Dave Meltzer is literally the worst writer I've ever read. That's not five stars, though. <laughs> Dude, I mean, he is negative five stars as a writer. Give it seven. 
run-on sentences, you know, just uh, as far as writing goes, the worst. In fact, uh, you remember when we first started the show and I was encouraging people like, hey, you know, go to your podcast platform of choice. Write a review. Write a review. In fact, um, just take, you know, go find a a Dave Dave Meltzer review of an Okada and Omega match and, uh, you know, cut everything, cut out all the important parts and, uh, you know, put that as your post. Yeah. No one did it, by the way, except for me. <laughs> There's still time. And it's actually yeah. pretty hilarious. Yeah, you're, people, you're still free to do this. But, I mean, if you read my review, it's it reads like the worst written review of anything you've ever read in your life. And all I did was, whenever it said Okada, I put Cody Hancock. And whenever <laughs> it said Omega, I put Timothy Styles. And whenever it said Match, I put Podcast. So it reads like... Um, this podcast is the greatest podcast I've ever heard a podcast could be. It wasn't as good as the last podcast. This <laughs> podcast was a podcast and I podcasted about how much I love the podcast. And I was like, yes. reading that shit and cutting all this stuff. Out, I was like, God damn, this guy is the fucking worst writer. And this is not that long ago. It's not like he got a fucking journalism degree yeah. in the past few years. <laughs> so... But it was nice hearing someone who can actually write mm-hmm. um, uh, put a book together and actually have some stories to tell. Okay, so I wrote this thing about uh, a dude that I'm going to name after, Dick Piercing. What? And then uh, Sounds like a great wrestler. Yeah, Dick it, yeah, Piercing! Yeah, well, Albert, you know, and then there's going to be Test, and then there's TNA. And then I'm going to take that idea for a tag team. I'm going to make it into a wrestling company. Well, ironically, <clears throat> I would. Vince Russo wasn't a great writer either. I know. He was just a. He was just a. He was an interesting creative force. You know what I mean? Like uh, wrestling was one way forever, and then Vince McMahon completely every trick that he used to have outside of the fundamentals you know the the he had the house built all he had to do was paint it and he was using some fucking wacky ass colors yeah he brings in vince russo who has a completely different look on it vince russo is also you know and his name's going to come up today because we're going to be talking about somebody here shortly but he you know, basically looked at the house and went, we can add another wing on here and we can, you know, hang up some pictures over here, do things that are really different. Um, the problem is, is that not all of his ideas were good. Started to sound like a cliche. We've heard this about him before. Uh, a lot of his ideas were pure garbage. Take it easy, bro, (laughs) man. And bro, you know, you really saw, his true contributions to the industry post not that Vince McMahon was some sort of great filter because, you know, Vince McMahon was guilty of Katie Vick and many number of things. Oh yeah. But, (laughs) but somebody had to chime in and go, yo, Vince Russo, this shit sucks or whatever. Well, the one thing that I will discredit Russo for was his stunted sexuality. Um, Just, he didn't, he always felt like a teenage boy when it came to presenting women on screen. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about like the bra and panties era, 
of WWF. And you also have to at least give him some credit. That's not him on his own. Not on his own. But that was also what was popular for the times. Girls Gone Wild infomercials Mm -hmm. running all the time. Yeah, it was was certainly a different time. It was the Woodstock 99 time. Yes. And it would go on for a while. You know, uh, Laurenitis was hiring girls out of uh, lingerie catalogs. Yes. They didn't last. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's the the thing that I feel like they were smart to latch on to that trend. And I also think that that's why a lot of the old Attitude Era stuff has not aged as well. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at the way that women are presented in WWE, especially right now, right, um, it's one of the highlights of the show. And at least for me, because people, Bianca Belair is strong as shit and she has incredible matches. Charlotte Flair, incredible matches. I've seen great matches from Bailey. You know, like there's so many women that are like top of their game. Yeah. And then you go and you watch Sable. Yeah. And you, you she shouldn't have been allowed in the fucking ring. No. Thank you, Mike. Today, still to come this week here on WCW Worldwide, you're going to be seeing this man in action, the 70s guy, Mike Awesome. And Mike, I like to talk wrestling, but I got other things I need to talk with you. In an era of Farrah Fawcett, Linda Carter, the Pittsburgh Steelers were winners. And what about the big red machine? You talking about my love mobile, Gene? No, I'm talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Tips on picking up chicks. I need that from you for an older guy. Well, let me tell you, the first thing you got to do with these foxy ladies is never, and I do mean never, take no for an answer. And once you get past that hurdle, you're in the game for sure, Gene. You know, you've got that little set with all the lava lumps and everything, yeah. and you've had the who's who in world yeah. championship wrestling there. Uh, you seem to do pretty well for yourself, Mike Awesome. Well, actually, I do, you know. Like I said, it's just a matter of never taking no for an answer. And, yeah, I like it. And, uh, polyester, is, uh, you feel still very fashionable today in this day and age? I tell you what, Gene, if you take a look, I'm wearing polyester from head to toe, and that even includes my underwear. One final question. Did you ever know the BGs? Uh, actually, aren't they still around today? Well, I'm sure they're around somewhere today. Thank you very much, Mike Awesome, the 70s guy. Stay tuned, Mike. Let's get back to you in the arena. This will never change. This next sentence. Sex sells. It does. It always has. It always will. Yes. Um, But you don't have to fucking beat it over the head. And it, that's what yeah. they were doing. It's, they removed removed any sort of decorum of presentation. Ooh, know? decorum. They, <laughs> they, they just like, yeah, look, it's stuff for you to jack off to. And it's like, yeah, all right, great. But... Yep. This is gonna also going to be a weird thing to say. Uh, you could still technically uh, crack the carrot to any one of these girls today. Sorry, girls. Or guys, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. But, I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. That's, you don't have to present it as, hey, we're going to have a bikini contest and a you're, mud wrestling you're thing. You're basically already in a fucking bikini. Like, right. and And to me, though, that was the tragedy of that because during the attitude era you had women like ivory yes and molly holly and even jackie 
Uh, there was even a period of time that Jazz was on the roster. I don't know if that was during Russo's era or not. I think that's post. Yeah, but all of these women were badasses. Yeah. Like, just badasses. Yeah, they were they were at the mercy of their time frame, unfortunately, because they would, they would have these great matches on the indies and stuff. Yep. And then they'd get there where the, this is their chance to make the big money. Yep. And stow it away and... You know, but you're going to have to do some fucking really demeaning shit. Yeah. But uh, was it Ivory was in Right to Censor? Yes. I mean, that was. She was so brilliant. Yes. Yeah. She was so fucking brilliant. (laughs) And even Right to Censor seemed, you know, of course, it was the heel group of, hey, we're here to stop all the fun. Boo. Mm -hmm. But it's like, yeah, enough with this. Yeah. For God's sakes. Yep. And I didn't even have a daughter yet. <laughs> I really, I, I just feel like it's, that's also another reason why when people like remember uh, viewing a lot of this stuff with the rose tinted glasses. And I'm just like, man, like it, it fell so far away from anything that I was interested in. Right. And even uh, I've been on a Alundra blaze kick lately mm. and absolutely fantastic wrestler. Yeah. You know, and she had incredible matches and then who'd she feud with bull Nakano. Yes. And I've been, like I said, I've been doing a deep dive, right? I'm uh, currently training somebody who has some similar body mechanics to Alundra. And I'm like, hey, you need to watch Alundra Blaze. What does that mean, body mechanics? Just she's able to do some of the same things that Alundra Blaze can do, like spinning kicks and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So it's always good to say, hey, this person can do things that you can do. Watch them so you can figure out more things to do. Right, of course. Yeah. But, and... Like her run was tragic, uh, in my opinion. Like the WCW thing didn't help her at all. Well, well, that might be the theme for today's show mm-hmm. because today's episode is called the Fat Chick Thriller. That's not so awesome. Uh, no, it is not. But and, who is awesome? Uh, yeah. So we're obviously talking about Mike Awesome now, and I'm glad you wore your Masato Tanaka shirt. Damn right. Uh, today, but uh, M- Mike Awesome to me is a really sad tale about someone with all the potential in the world who was at the mercy of this industry, um, and that industry completely bent him over yeah. and fucked him up the butt. <laughs> non consensually. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. There's got to be a more eloquent way to put that, but uh, that's chewed him up and spit him out. There we are. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for. I'm sorry, I'm laughing that I said <laughs> fucked him up the butt. Anyway, uh, you, you can know, at least say with something uncomfortable like a corn cob or you know, like what was it? In dude, Little I don't Nikki. know if you know, but a dick is enough. Well, people like that type of thing, though, man. Corn cobs are ribbed for his for their pleasure mike awesome thank you yes mike awesome uh was this sort of not legend but he had this great 
feud in Japan. He was a you know what a three time FMW world champion or uh, brass yeah. knuckle champion. His, his it was. FMW run, he was able to have a number of key matches with people like Masato Tanaka and Hayabusa. He comes into ECW, mm-hmm. and you know generally in ECW, guys who were just huge because he was what do you think six four six five he was a big boy and in shape yep uh and looked good he was always compared um stat wise to hogan as far as his height and his weight that sounds about right yeah Yeah. so he always looked good he was a bit beefy you know and you would think he would probably not be welcomed but he was you know he fit right in with ecw and he had these great hard hitting matches and uh, and particularly a lot with Tanaka which were fantastic and his athleticism was on another level yeah and sadly when uh at a certain point because uh Paul Heyman owed him back money yep he took a contract with WCW shows up on WCW television as the ECW champion, yep. which caused a whole big thing. And, um, you know, this is a guy who just wanted to make a living. Who can blame him? Yeah. And he gets to WCW. He's at the mercy of Vince Russo. And I remember within one year, he went from being Mike Awesome to being the fat chick thriller. I think it was that 70s guy. Before. And then next, he became yeah. that 70s guy. And then he became something else after that, like in one year, just a series of just wacky, weird gimmicks. He I mean, did this is powerbomb Shaggy two dope off of the school bus. Yes, I'm aware of that. This was a time period where you remember Booker T was GI bro. Yes. I mean, I can't think of anything more disrespectful. It was whack. Oh, yeah, man. It was I'm, fucking whack. Yeah. And. You know, a lot of there's a a few chapters on Vince Russo in this Brian Gewertz book. Mm-hmm. You know, on on how how much of a shit he was, how or how full of shit he was, and how a lot of his ideas were fucking garbage. Yeah. Um, and you don't need any more proof than the final days of WCW. The fact that that when he gets hired over there, he becomes an on screen character. No one full well. This guy got no business being on screen at all. Yep. And then eventually booking himself as the champion. Lame. Yep. And that's one thing that the industry, unfortunately, is, um, I don't want to say plagued with, but it definitely happens in certain areas. Like, you'll always end up going to some indie promotion where the guy that owns the promotion, he's not a wrestler. Never taken a bump in his life, but he will be more than willing to put himself in the ring for a storyline, or he'll end up trying to book himself in a match against somebody, something of that nature. Right. And it always leaves this really bad taste in people's mouths because of fucking Vince Russo. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a new story. It's something that's actually gone on for a hundred years. Oh yeah. Or just some buddy with a little extra money from whatever their day job is gets into the industry because they're a fan and they make themselves into, you know, they think they're going to be a celebrity Herb Abrams. uh, Oh, I'm trying to think of what book it was where they're telling the story of some promoter who 
was going to get in and baby baby face himself and he was belly busting his top his top heel you know just doing the belly buster just you yeah. know bumping guts and then his pants just fall down <laughs> excellent yes you know uh, and of course you know my story of almost getting into pro wrestling i was looking into going to train at buffalo gyms pro wrestling school and this guy is the epitome of this did i tell you that um i've been in contact with buffalo jim's daughter you did tell me that she probably listens. Yeah. So, um, sorry, sweetheart. Well, no, this is actually kind of exciting. I, I hope I'm not giving anything away, but, um, you know how unsolved mysteries is on fucking Netflix, right? Old episodes. No new episodes. Uh, no, I did not know that. Yes. Unsolved mysteries is back y'all. And October 18th. I'm um, willing to bet with a new host. Most likely. The last one died. Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows, man? Like, hologram Tupac exists. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, on the fourth episode, it is going to be about Buffalo Jim. Really? Yeah. Because... Is it already out? No. October 18th uh, is when the series debuts, but I think that... The Buffalo Jim episode isn't going to be until the second week. Holy moly. I got to watch this. Yes, sir. Good grief. Yeah. Oh, at the same time, I'm sure I'm going to hate it because I, you know, when, when you know, like, it's the reason why I don't like biopics mm-hmm. or as they're known, biopics. Uh, it's like, isn't there video footage of this? We couldn't try to replicate that shit better, you know? That's like the part of the appeal to me is like the bad recreation. Well, I'm just talking about the like movies, right? Yeah, like even these bad recreations. I go, uh, well, in the case of this, it's like, yeah, I knew what this guy looked like. I've sat down with him face to face, and and uh, I went to some of those shows. And uh, anyway, if it's if it if they do like the hey, he was a wrestling promoter, and they show some this uh, fake wrestling show footage, I'm going to be like, that's not what his shows look like. I they were in a fucking shed somewhere. Well, Unsolved Mysteries... Wait, no. I think Unsolved Mysteries had a lot of the dramatic reenactments where it was America's Most Wanted, for sure, had live footage. Like, I remember the um, Messiah getting his thumb cut off was on America's Most Wanted. Wow, you really know about a lot about this. Yeah, Unsolved Mysteries was all dramatic reenactments. Yes. Really dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you I like love to the be- music? <laughs> what if one of your gigs was like, I'm a dramatic reenactor. I Dude, look like eight different people so I can put on a wig and be, you know, Tom Selleck. Sign me up. <laughs> Where's the bag of money? <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot you don't have any integrity. Yeah. Hey, anything for a dollar, brother. Yeah. Protein's fucking expensive, dude. <laughs> all right, yeah. We all know John Cena's chicken breast intake. Meat moop. What does that mean? Uh, you can't just his, uh, keep his, throwing out all these his, little things. His, his music. Meat moop. I don't hear any meat moops in there. I like meat moop. What were we talking about? Vince Russo. Oh, yeah. No, Mike but, Awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. I, you know, I thought that he had so much potential and to see, I mean, the fat chick thriller, uh, WCW was terrible at this point. I was not watching regularly. The only time I watched WCW 
during that time period was during raw commercial breaks. Yeah. I mean, it was bad even during those commercial breaks. I enjoyed Norman Smiley's hardcore title run. You know, I know that Norman Smiley is a very well-respected and beloved trainer. Um, I can't think of a more vanilla-looking dude. Yeah. And not to be mean-spirited. Well, because- that's what made it so funny when he was doing the screaming Norman shit. Yeah. Like, he had personality. It's just it didn't get a shine through until, like, the tail end of his career. You know, he had sort of a nondescript hairstyle, and uh, a fucking nondescript mustache. No, it was very descript. <laughs> yeah, the mustache. It, yeah. <laughs> the fact that <laughs> no one else. that back. <laughs> no one had mustaches. Yes. And here's a guy who looks like the, he looks like the guy on the love boat that served the drinks. The big wiggle was the most amazing thing in the world. <laughs> but what about all those other fucking stupid characters like Kwee-Wee? Remember Kiwi? Kiwi was actually a dope wrestler, though. I'm sure he was a dope wrestler. Terrible gimmick, though. Yes. I mean, the worst in yeah. his. If I had to write a list of like worst gimmicks of all time, Fat Chick Thriller and GI Bro would be in there with Kiwi. Don't forget the Maestro. Who was the Maestro? I don't know, but I remember it wasn't good. <laughs> was it supposed to be like an Opera Man yeah. thing? Yeah. God damn. Yep. There, there were some other really good gems out of that era that were really bad. Can you believe that Vince McMahon actually hired back Vince Russo? Yeah. In the early 2000s, after all those hate crimes against pro wrestling. <laughs> Lock him up and throw away the fucking key. Bro, I mean, um, he's a war criminal. Well, yeah, I can believe that because look at the ratings. Right, but the ratings—the yeah, ratings were not because of Vince Russo, in my personal opinion. It, they, the ratings were because they were able to latch on to what was trending at the time. Sure, sex sold in a big way. Trash TV, Jerry Springer. Oh, and the two biggest draws in the history of the industry. Yeah, back to back. Yes. So you had um, a really good safety net, but when you realize that people are not being entertained like the the girls gone wild stuff blew up in flames right i'll tell you as a a purchaser of exactly one girls gone wild tape this is back when you had to go to a video store and you go oh girls gone wild i get to see free boobs you buy it and you realize hey i only saw five boobs in this entire fucking hour-long fiasco yeah yeah money back that's what I want. And by the way, the old video stores, they would always put the wrestling tapes right next to the Girls Gone Wild tapes. Of course. Because that's what... Because <laughs> they knew their market. Yeah, they absolutely knew their market. And like, once again, I can't take the absolute piss out of Vince Russo because he was at least smart enough to realize that people wanted to look at tits at that point in time. I mean, that's not news. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Right, but I I don't even know if it was news to Vince McMahon. Yeah. You know, Russo, Easy. I'm going to give you guys an opportunity. I just got off the phone with Scott, and you know what? Scott's straight. Scott's sober. And Scott's in a real bad mood. So why don't we cut to the chase, boys? But you know what? The way I look at it, 
Neither one of you two guys would be here right now if it wasn't for Scott and I. Russo, you know for a fact, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, when you were in the World Wrestling Federation, saved you from being decapitated from Shawn Michaels on numerous occasions. Wow. Oh, boy. You ever thought you'd hear that on this program? Never. And you, Easy, if it wasn't for the outsiders, there'd have been no NWO. And you know what? You'd still be bringing Bert Gagne's coffee up in Minnesota. Ouch. We're shooting here. You guys want us out? You want me out? Hey, buddy, you two guys, it's real simple. But if you're going to come down here, bring your bat, bring your chair, most importantly, bring your Oh, boy. Message heard and received, I guess. Wait, Wait hang what's on. This? Holy. That's... That is Mike Awesome! He's the, he's the heavyweight champion of ECW! The last time we saw him, he had that belt, and what's he doing here? Doesn't he have some kind of title defense? He's got a lot of nerves just walking on this program! Mike Awesome, the ECW World Heavyweight Champion, just wiped out Kevin Nash! What next? Huh. I can't... When I heard Bischoff and Russo were back in the saddle here at WCW, I knew this was just too sweet of an opportunity to pass up. Yeah, so strange. But I can take the piss out of him. Yes. I mean, a lot of the stuff he did was just bad. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that he, what he, I think his real contribution was he tried to give everyone something to do you know before that it was the show would start the main the guy who was going to be in the main event would come out and go hey heel i'm gonna beat you up in the main event tonight and and then we we're gonna in have this specific an, geographical location yeah that's right and then there would be an hour and a half of matches that didn't matter mm-hmm. and then that main event would happen yeah that was that was the show uh during vince russo not only did the main events do interesting things like drive beer trucks to the ring and shit like that, um, but fucking other, zambonis. Yeah, other people had things going on too. Yes, and it, they were just most of the time there were little things, and those I think were okay. But um, there were just a lot of things that would sneak in that where you just go, God, yeah, <laughs> so stupid. Oh, certainly, yeah. Certainly. And then, I mean, it's like his brain. I mean, it's clear in retrospect, we have the, the, the benefit of hindsight here to look back and go, God, this guy was just another uh, carny. Yeah. Even though he was a guy who worked at a video store who talked himself into writing for the magazine and then talked himself into writing uh, the show and then talked himself into getting a, a bigger paying job at another company. You know, and then I don't know what it is, but I mean, history's uh, proven him to be one of the biggest like liars. Yeah, you know, of the the past. Who knows? Well, any anyone that suffers from uh, and granted, I I don't know clinically, but uh, grandiose narcissists. 
I don't know that he's a narcissist. I mean, what are you basing on? Well, um, actually, you know what? No, his, I take that back. His overinflated sense of ego? Like, no, no, I do take it back because, like I said, <laughs> once he goes to WCW and he becomes an on-screen character and with no business being in the ring or on television, that's really all you need to know. He made this, himself champion, didn't this he? This guy, uh, yes. Yeah, man. He... He he bullshitted his way to get onto television and tried to make himself into a celebrity, even if it was to be a heel. Yeah. You know, um, and completely neglected everyone else. You know, he he was trying to push for himself to be the Vince McMahon or excuse me, the Mr. McMahon. Yes. Of WCW. And then meanwhile, fucking the rest of the roster were GI bros and fucking that 70s guy. Yeah. And it was just like, fuck this guy. There, I mean, that product at that time was so bad. Remember all the fucking, ironically, all the pay-per-view names were simplistic. It was like greed, gluttony. Yeah. It was all the sins. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't remember a lot of the names of them. Like, it was, the one thing that was good was the, um, the curtain jerkers, pray say, though, like there was some really good stuff with like the young dragons and three count. And oh, I did like three count, yeah, especially when Tank Abbott became a member of fucking three count. That was actually, we'll give Vince Russo one. Well, that's all that Tank Abbott could really do because Tank Abbott just coming out, I'm Tank Abbott. You ever see the Who video when he pulled cares? a knife on somebody? No. Yeah, it it was on a Monday Nitro, and somebody like told him like, "Yeah, man, like you got to like have like a thing, like a gimmick or something." And he's like, "Okay, I'm just gonna pull a knife out and on screen, this shit exists." Grabs this dude and is like, "I'll fucking stab you or some shit," <laughs> and he has a fucking knife on Monday Nitro. It's fucking hilarious. That's just so stupid. Yes. Uh, yeah, three count. I liked yeah. the idea of this boy band. Uh, because they would always, their their routine was this, or their act was, they'd come out and they'd go, hey, we're three count, we're going to perform our hit song for you. And they would get in position, the music would start, they would go to start, and then the whatever babyface team would come out and completely stop the music. And yeah. they'd go, oh. And then they would get beat up. Yep. Uh, and then at the end, <laughs> they'd, they'd squeak out a victory. And then they go, we still want to perform our dance for you. So there's our hit song. But they were so beat up, they would be like hurt selling, trying to dance yep. like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's that is so there. There's a few there's a few nuggets of joy. Not many. Yeah, not many. Well, well, I mean, uh, you just uh, named <laughs> the only one I can think of. <laughs> Tank Abbott with a knife. Shane, uh, had the, another nugget would be Shane Douglas, but... Oh, yeah. You know, I love Shane Douglas. I even love Team Canada, man. Lance Storm. Mm-hmm. Calgary. Oh, that, Alberta, that was Canada. His, that was Mike Awesome's other yeah, gimmick. Yeah, and team, was, with team, team Canada. He was the Canadian career killer. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Awesome. That was what it ended on. But by then, the, I mean, any stock he had was completely gone. Oh, And he yeah. was the jobber. He mm-hmm. was the he was the one who would lose every time. Fucking wild. If I could be serious for a moment. Yeah, Lance Storm 
Oh my God, that dude had a lot more personality than people give him credit for, man. Right. Like, and he, when he had the opportunity to get a microphone and his delivery was cunning, like Malenko, they tried making Dean Malenko James Bond and it just didn't really cut. No. Right? right. But Lance Storm, man, like, yeah, that he took the ball and ran with it. Well, he had the perfect catchphrase. If I can be serious for a moment. Yes. The most serious guy in the fucking room would like to stop telling jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. That's the, the, all you really need to say. Yeah. If I could be serious for a moment, you people, blah, blah, blah. You know, like that's all you need to start with. Mm-hmm. And you're fucking made. You're gold as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah. Lance Storm was fantastic. Yes. Um, But M- Mike Awesome, like... I'm it said I mourned his career years before he essentially hung himself. Yeah. It was like he was uh it's a strange thing to say and I feel bad saying it. It's it's like he was already dead before he died. Well, the one thing that was sad was when you saw ECW One Night Stand and then was it one or two that Awesome and Tanaka had the match? I think it was the second one. But I could be wrong. No, you might be right. Yeah. yeah, he he hadn't wrestled, I think, in a few years, and he was basically talked into come in and do this thing. And yeah. he was like, all right. And he didn't enjoy his, his – his, he was essentially a jobber outside of that. Mm-hmm. So when his contract ran out, he was like, well, that's – I'm bad. just done with it. And he was done with wrestling after that. Yep. I think that he moved on to become a realtor. Yeah. And uh, there's – I don't want to go into details on the, his passing because it was very tragic. Like, it, it's just a sad thing. And, it, you know, it does bring up the uh, conversation of I'm curious to what his brain scan would have read, you know. Oh, dude, anyone in ECW's brain scan, you know, he had a lot of matches with Balls Mahoney. That's all you need yeah. to know. Yep. You know, that guy swung a chair like a baseball bat a lot and no one put their hands up. Yep. You know, but <sighs> I'm not going to put it all on that. It must have been fucking depressing to have all this potential. And everywhere you went, the person in charge looked at you and went, I see you as a guy who likes fat chicks or, hey, when he gets to the WWE later, um, hey, why don't you put over, you know, this, this curtain jerker? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> but, uh, now, but imagine, like, in, what, fuck it. For once in my life, I will fantasy book, right? Okay. Mike Awesome versus the fucking Undertaker. Mike Awesome versus Kane. Mike Awesome, like, at the well, top of the card. Mike Awesome against Brock Lesnar. Right. Like, that's what I'm saying is, yeah. this guy... You know, people of his size and his skill level, you don't realize, like, by the time he retired, he fucking wrestled for, like, 17 years. Yeah. Uh, People of his size with his skill do not fucking grow on trees. Right. And they took it, they, and fucking flushed it down the toilet. All the companies, basically everyone short of uh, FMW. Yes. Um. FMW and ECW, right? And but the the big issue, and, but even ECW, just you know, he he was owed money in the end. Well, and ultimately, that's what it really comes down to. And I'm a I've been a loyalist for a long time, and it's gotten me as far as my couch, right? <laughs> like, and at the end of the day, maybe maybe one day I'm going to have to learn how to be a little bit more fucking cutthroat. Right. So because at the end of the day. 
other people might not have your best intentions in mind. They don't care. Like it to, to slap him with those gimmicks was a crime. It, yeah. I mean, that's bad. Yeah. And they weren't even like, you know, I've seen bad gimmicks. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. That is like, you know, Aldo Montoya. Portuguese man of war. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's a bad gimmick with that, that face mask. And, you know, it was just a, some sort of nondescript guy who was, he was nothing. Yeah. That was not as bad or as an insult to the senses as the fat chick thriller. Yeah. Duke, uh, the dumpster oh, drossy was pretty bad. Not as bad as that seventies yeah. guy. Yeah. I mean that, you know, I've done a lot of writing in my days and that is the most uncreative shit I've ever heard of. There's a hit TV show on Fox. What's it called? We'll just make that name into a gimmick. Right. Meanwhile, the fucking disco Inferno already existed (laughs) 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 because that was his gimmick. Yeah. And calling it like, we'll call you thought about that, man. It was the exact same gimmick. Polyester from head to toe. And fucking doing the dance and coming out to disco music and having a talking segment called the Lava Lounge. I've been I've been a guest on the Lava Lounge before, which is also funny. All right, go back and watch those old WCW. Yeah, because Mike Awesome, that '70s guy, had the Lava Lounge. Mm-hmm. You know, this gimmick already existed, and it was stupid in the first place. Sorry, Gilbert, whatever your name is, Glenn. Glenn. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he'll hear this on keeping it 100 and have wonderful things to say about both of us. I'm sure. Uh it it, it just breaks my heart to see bad things happen. I don't know if he was a good guy. For all, you know, he could have been a, a full-on dickhead who had no humility and that's why he was buried. Right. Um but I don't know that as a fan. I just you know, for all accounts, all I see is potential gone untapped. Yeah. And actually taken and thrown into the toilet and flushed away. Sadly. Yeah. Sadly. It's one of the things I have a problem with in pro wrestling in general is that because of the secretive nature of the machinations of behind the scenes, as a fan, you never know what the fuck is going on. No. You know, it's like, why is this going on? You know, like we talked right before... uh right before uh, I hit record, that for whatever reason, FTR has not had a match, um, I don't know, in a month, more? Right. And the last time they were on TV, they were hotter than fish grease. I mean, they were popping the, the place huge. Yeah. And this had been going on for weeks. And now they've just completely disappeared for reasons unknown. It's not explained... To I think there f- was a promo. There was a promo on last Dynamite. I think. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. was a thirty-second promo where the uh, they were like, "Yeah, here we are." You know, whatever it is. And then up come the Ass Boys, and they go, "Hey," they said just something really non-threatening, and they just walked off, and they went, "Oh, okay." And that was it. Yeah, thirty seconds. We're taking this match. We're finishing it early. Mike Awesome's going down. And we're out of this godforsaken town. Good, then we'll see the tape. 
Okay, one, two, three. Match is over. Show the tape. You need, well, you need to take it. Back there in the set. truck. If you have the tape, roll it now. There he comes. The fat chest runner. Come on, Austin doesn't look that bad. It's the stampede. Wagon toe. That is beyond description what, what we're seeing right there. You have the franchise and the voluptuous Tory Wilson, and you've got the, as you dubbed him last week. The fat chick thriller. Yes, you do. These girls in their own way are pretty hot, too. Oh, if you, oh, look, if you look at the one in the, in the mustard pantsuit, that was green when she bought it. Don't worry about it. That ring's been reinforced. It's no big deal. Mike Austin's the back daddy for all the big old fatties. Give him credit. Tori Wilson will not be a distraction for Mike Austin. Oh, if you look at the, would you look at these girls? I hope Mike did make a tape, because if he did, he'd need a wide-angle lens. I don't care to think about that, actually. And again, if Mike made a tape, bring that on, too. Yeah, in the mood you're in, you'd look at anything, wouldn't you? Camera one, camera two, roll them. Which okay. one is Nitro Girl Beef? All of them. This is unbelievable. Sex tapes, fat women. This is wrestling. Oh, it's Mark Madden's recurring dream come true. <laughs> you darn skippy. Actually saw on Twitter tonight, Andre El Idolo. His Twitter post was 30 seconds, because that's what he was afforded tonight on tonight's show. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Yikes. I mean, he's not saying anything. He's just saying 30 seconds. Right. Uh, so I guess he's not uh, saying, he's not making a comment one way or the other. But uh, hey, he's uh, unfortunately, well, actually, I feel bad for him too because he's not really gotten the chance to get over either. He's, he's, not, a, he, he's, he's, he's immensely talented, though. Uh, hugely talented. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Since he's gone, gone to AEW. He has not really had major opportunities to shine. Right. He's had a, you know, couple of matches, and then these weird things, were, these weird promos where he's trying to hire people for what? I don't know. Never explained. But in the case of FTR, I mean, it's not explained. Like, why are these guys, you know, not here, or why are they not having matches, or you know, if I were the Booker, and I'm not. You know, I would have these guys wrestling every week because people want to see them. Right. So what is going on behind the scenes that I don't know? Is it because there's no other available tag teams? Is it because... Injuries. Is it because that maybe Cash Wheeler, when he tore his arm in that turnbuckle hook, uh, he can't wrestle as regularly as he used to because he doesn't... He can't feel his left thumb or whatever it is. Right. You know, is what is fucking going on that is completely cooled off the hottest tag team in the industry. Well, but it's, it could also be their own choosing too, because I know that they're, I don't know if they just did it or if it's coming up, but they're scheduled to be doing a seminar and I've seen like two seminars pop up with them. Mm. And so the one thing I, well, no, I'm not, that's not the point and yeah. I'll let you get to what you're about ready to say. But the point is, is, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, and it, and it could be a bit infuriate, infuriate. Oh boy, I can't say it. Infuriating. Infuriating. When things momentum starts picking up for something, and then it's completely abandoned. This yeah. happens on AEW a lot. It's probably my biggest complaint. Well, I think 
I, I don't even want to pin the tail on AEW on that because wrestling has been doing that for years, man. Like, like, well, it, it, I mean, the WWE for forever has done the exact opposite. You know, hey, we're they, you know, every month, the day after the pay per view, they book the next pay per view and go. All right, here's what's going to happen. Right. And very rarely do they well, veer the, off of that. But there's angles that just get abandoned and have the like cord completely pulled out of the wall. I think that those are the exceptions and not the rule. Though. Right. For for WWE. AEW, it's hard to say at this point. Right. And also we it's it's clearly speculation, mm-hmm. but it's very open that AEW talent is allowed to work for other companies on the independence. Right. So whether that is something that they're requesting, right. It's very obvious because even, um, Dax put on Twitter not that long ago. And like, we're available for bookings, right? you know, and still, yeah. But why wouldn't you book yourself on, um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and spend the fucking the next two, three days, whatever, at home until the next TV taping. Right, but this is also another thing too: is that it's very, it's very out in the open that Tony Khan gives people flexibility with scheduling. Right, right, and that selfishly as a wrestling fan, yeah, put them in the ring every week. But realistically, when you are having as high of caliber matches Mm -hmm. that they're having, right. There is going to end up being wear and tear on the body and things of that nature. I don't mind not seeing them, but it would just be nice to know why or give them a reason. So where they don't have to be seen. I mean, the running joke that both Dax and cash have been saying online and not even them saying it is, well, actually, they have been saying it, is that they have been the number one contenders for the the AEW Tag Team Championships for over a year. Yeah. And counting. Yeah. You know, and someone always brings it up. Hey, why don't you guys, you know, have the, the fucking a shot at the titles? Yeah, keep watching. Yeah. They've been saying that forever. Well, and like I said, I... I still think that there's a lot of things that AEW is shifting (laughs) in order. Um, Ring of Honor at some point will be used in some facet other than just being on their TV. Right. But obviously that's taking time to figure out. I would know shit, but I'm, this is why I'm all for it. I'm all for it because I just want to see them be able to use Ring of Honor as WWE's NXT because then you have all of these people that you can't guarantee matches to all the time that now there's another show for them to go and work on. Well, the funny thing is they already have that. It's called dark and elevation. Right. You know, they, they already have that kind of shit. Right. Um, but for your major stars, you wish that they would be the ones, um, you would tearing down the major shows. There's people that are, not watching dark or elevation. Yeah. Me and most of most wrestling fans. Right. But there, there are some people that do. Yep. Right. And I feel like that is, if you have probably everyone's mom who is in the ring B show, right on the internet. And then you have two shows on TV that are AEW. And then you get ring of honor on one, one day a week. Right. I still think it's a lot of fucking wrestling, 
But oh uh, yeah, yeah. But if there's one more platform for those people to go on, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the problem is, is you know you don't want to split your roster at this point. No. What you, you can't, what are you going to do? Compete with yourself? You're not the only one out there, right? You know that we should be trying to put on the best a, you know, a talent to compete that you can, and uh, I just don't always think that they're there, right? And and that's one thing too is is that FTR they... should be on TV every week. I'll just say it. Yeah. That that's that's the answer. FTR should be on TV every week, even if it's just a fucking cut promos. When you have someone that hot, you don't cool them off. Mm-hmm. If they're injured or they're not booked for some reason, you still have them fucking go out there and keep their fucking heat up and do anything. Cut promos. They obviously can talk, and not everyone on that roster can talk. Right. You know, uh, and there's just a lot of little things like that I just wish were different. I don't know what he's going to do with Ring of Honor. And we're getting to a point where I almost don't care, sadly. Right. Because he bought it without full understanding of what he was going to do with it. Yep. But now we're forced to deal with an entire barrage of, you know, every segment has a a title in it of some sort. Yes. It's too much. I agree with that. If everyone's a champion, no one's a champion. Um, I don't know how this turned into me complaining about AEW, but whatever. It's still not enough to get me to start watching Raw. Just go on the uh, Tony Khan on Coke Twitter account. No. That's like the best one. I think he's a good dude. He just yeah. needs some help. That's all. No. And I think that also this is unfortunately, I'm going to blame uh, wrestlers a little bit too, man. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, like, let's not pretend like this dude isn't trying his best. Like you're dealing with people that all think that they should be used better. Sure. And I'll blame wrestlers. I'll blame fickle fans. I'll oh, blame yeah. an entire uh, barrage of people. Yeah. And this guy has to learn what he's doing each and every week and the media too. They're pretty high on my list of people to blame. You right. I, I wish they got it together. Should we get back to Mike Awesome? Yes. (laughs) Look, I'll say this. Uh, In the pantheon of great feuds of all time, for me personally, it may not be for the history of pro wrestling for the average person, but for me personally, Masato Tanaka versus Mike Awesome is uh, fantastic. I can't remember a stinky match between the two of them. They hit harder than a truck. Yep. Uh, They put on just... Just stiff, badass matches during a time where people were, um, you know, you would have your Tajiri and super crazy style matches, mm-hmm. the, the Lucha. And Throw a little Guido in there for the three-way. Right. You, it, it'd be like the, the, you know, the sort of modern day indie matches. Yep. And then you would have the sort of uh, the Taipei death match if, you know if, what i mean if, like if, if, a lot of blood and guts if, chair if I, swinging if, stuff if i can just say something real quick too sure um for all of the uh young impressionable minds that are professional wrestlers that are listening to this podcast do yourself a favor and watch a lot of those old 
ECW three-way matches with Guido crazy and Tajiri. They're the greatest and, matches in history. And, and 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 actually learn how to structure a fucking multi-man for fuck's sakes. Yeah. Please continue. Well, Taipei deathmatch. Well, no, my point is, is ECW during this time mostly was super hardcore shit where guys, you know, Balls Mahoney was swinging a chair around like a nutcase yeah. and drawing blood. Or the sort of Lucha-inspired matches, which were off the charts exciting. And then here comes Mike Awesome, and he was essentially the Walter of his time period. Yes. Him and Tanaka, they were basically like Walter versus Walter. They Mm -hmm. would fucking hammer the shit out of each other. Yeah. And, I mean, they would take care of each other on big bumps, but not on big hits. Right. I mean, they just blast each other, and holy smokes, was it exciting! Well, I think even like protection, like those those over the top rope power bombs to the outside. There was a yeah, there, there was a few of those that were um, very much. I remember there was one where Masato Tanaka ends up going underneath the guardrail. And then I remember there was another one where uh, Tanaka gave it to Awesome, and I think this one was actually an FMW, but. M- m- Awesome hardly touches the table at all and is just high and tight on his head and his shoulders. Did you see on Rampage this last week? The Julia Hart bump? Yes. Yeah. By the way, I hope it gets renamed that. Yeah. The Julia Hart bump. Yeah. Basically, um, the great Muda comes out, which, of course, is a, a big get. Yes. You know, we had a great Muda episode not that long ago. Oh, yeah. And he comes out and he gives the miss to old Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy has a spaz attack and flies back into the ropes into Julia Hart, who sells erratically, flies off of the apron and aims for a table and just (laughs) she hit it like a little bit. A little bit. She took a chunk out of it. It looked like a shark bit it. Yeah. Uh, but she really just goes right to the floor. She goes past it. Her ass takes out a little chunk of it, and she goes right to the concrete. Pow! Yeah. And it's like, oh, yuck. Yeah. Felt, I mean, <laughs> it, it, there there's people that are going to take piss out of that, man. Like, the one thing. I'm not I, taking yeah, piss out of yeah, it. I'm yeah, yeah, saying yeah. it's fucking hysterical. It, 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 yeah. Uh, I feel bad for her because that's not what she was expecting to happen. Oh, it's botchamania worthy for sure. But. I, I've heard people and they're like, oh, like it's just fucking. She was brave enough to put herself in that situation. Right. Um, people will normally tell you no. Um, I will also say it was possibly even her idea. Sure. You know, like all of a sudden you hear that you were getting inadvertently bumped by the great Muda. I'll throw myself off a ring apron through a table for you. Right. Right. And uh, well, a, brave, brave girl. Brave two, girl. Two degrees removed. Muda bumped Murphy. Yes. Murphy bumped her. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. By osmosis, my guy. <laughs> Is that that you would tell everyone, hey, man, great Muda got me. Yeah. But not really. <laughs> Lazarus got punched by Suzuki during a Ring of Honor taping back in the day. Is that right? Yeah. Was, was he bragging to everybody? Oh, you won't believe who hit me today. La- La- Lazarus doesn't really brag. Lazarus just fucking has these little tiny cool notches in his belt that randomly he'll yeah, but you know Calmly what? Calmly talk about. To me, that's way cooler than Logan Paul wearing a fucking million-dollar Pokemon card around his neck. Hey, I'm not a Logan Paul hater, though. I'm not a Logan Paul yeah. hater either. I'm just saying the guy's wearing a fucking million-dollar Pokemon card around his neck. Here, I am a grown man. I'm, I don't Pokemon missed me by a few years. Yeah. So to me, it's just like, this guy's a fucking goof. Uh, 
<laughs> What's cooler is, hey, I got punched by fucking Suzuki. Yeah. I like that more. Yeah, it works out. Sure. Yeah, I don't hate Logan Paul. Yeah. He's actually surprisingly, one, he's in great shape. Yes. And two, sadly, he seems to work a lot better than some of the people who have come out of NXT of late. Yeah, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, I like Logan Paul. I think Logan Paul is a good get. I guess. Yeah. Whatever. I fucking hate internet personalities, myself included. Turnbuckle Boogie is a Diva Looter production and is produced by Timothy Styles and Cody Hancock with web production and music by Timothy Styles. Follow the show on Instagram at Turnbuckle Boogie. And for merchandise, follow the link in the show notes to our Brainbuster Tea Store. See you next Monday. <laughs>